So wherever you go, you know, you're, we walk by the Colosseum, you just like sort of run right into it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're at the Roman Forum and it's all, you know, out in the open. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. And on today's show, I got to speak with uh, Sarah from Postcard Academy Podcast. And Postcard Academy Podcast is a weekly travel show sharing the best food and culture tips from expats living abroad. So if you love travel and you want to make sure you're being culturally appropriate and know the best tips, you must check out the Postcard Academy podcast. And uh, a little bit about Sarah. Uh, She got the travel itch when she was 18 years old. Uh, She spent a summer in England's Lake District working as a waitress. She wanted to stay in Europe forever, but it seemed impossible for Americans. Years went by and at some point while living in New York City, she realized she might be eligible for Italian citizenship uh, due to her ancestry. She started gathering up all the all the documents and she applied for Italian citizenship. And then she met another American who suggested that she move to Italy and just apply there. And she did. She went to Italy. She applied. Um, there's something called the right of blood. And she received her Italian passport a month or two after applying there. So on the advice of a stranger asking her, telling her that she should just move there and apply in Italy, she did it. And she had the time of her life living and working abroad. And for the last 10 years, she has been working and traveling Europe. Hence, Postcard Academy and her and her uh, whole travel blog as well. She's got great articles. And so uh, Sarah and I were talking about what should this episode be about? What is that experience that others should have? And we decided to do it on uh, living like a local in Rome. Now, I have never been to Rome, so I am not your travel expert on Rome. I've traveled more in South America and Asia, and I go to like weird places in the middle of the ocean. If you can't tell from my podcast, I am an ocean lover, Uh, but I really would love to go to Rome. So I am taking her tips and hopefully we'll make Rome a reality. So thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoy living like a local in Rome and learning the hottest tips on where to stay, eat, what to order, as well as those great cultural tips. So I am talking with Sarah from Postcard Academy podcast and travel blog. Definitely check her out. I'm going to link to her in the show notes on experiences you should have. And we are talking about how to travel and live like a local in Rome. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I've never been to Italy or Rome and it's And I'm a huge 
foodie. And oh my gosh, Gail, we're going. I'm going to have to take you around. I'm in. I'm in. Please take me. Cheese is like my favorite thing in the entire world. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about this episode and I think I'm going to eat a lot of Italian food when it comes out to celebrate this episode. That sounds like a plan. (laughs) So can you give us a little bit of a background? Uh, How, how long have you spent in, in Rome and what's your experience there? And why Rome? Okay. Well, in brief, so I'm an American expat who is based in the UK. And so I do a lot of traveling. A lot of that is in Italy. I I visited Italy for the first time when I was still at university. And I went there for two weeks on my spring break. And, you know, being from America, we are not used to seeing ancient ruins or these beautiful buildings and, you know, all of these, it's just a walking museum. And I keep going back there year after year. And I'm actually Italian. Like I, um, like technically I have an Italian passport, so I am American and Italian. I loved Italy so much and I have Sicilian ancestry. So I was able to get dual citizenship that way. And yeah, so I can go back whenever I want. (laughs) And I do. And yeah, so that's why Italy, um, I just think it's the perfect place for vacation. As you said, you've got the amazing food, you've got all the history. It's a very like laid back place. Uh, I enjoy the culture. And so I go back at least once a year and often for a month or two at a time. Wow. Wow. So I want you to paint the picture for me. Tell me about your favorite day in Rome. There is so much to do in Rome. (laughs) There's something (laughs) for everybody. But I think my favorite day in Rome was a day when I like did nothing (laughs) pretty much. Like I was working like really long hours in England and I had a friend in Italy and she had had a baby like a year prior. And so she had no time to get away at all. And yeah. so we were like, let's plan this weekend together. We're just going to go and hang out together and relax. And it was perfect weather. And we just spent like two days strolling the streets of Rome. We went to one of my old neighborhoods called Monti. Um, M-O-N-T-I, which is a great neighborhood for your guests to spend some time in. And we just did cafe hopping. You know, there was cute little boutiques. So we would have a cappuccino here and then stroll around, get a glass of wine here. Oh, that's uh, lovely. Yeah. We did go to like one of the smaller museums, one of the, it was like this interactive museum that kind of puts you as if you were in this ancient uh, Roman house. and. Um, so that was just really fun. And as I said, it's like an open museum. So wherever you go, you know, you're, we walk by the Colosseum. You just like sort of run right into it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're at the Roman Forum and it's all, you know, out in the open for anyone to see. So there are certain things that you could, you know, you could pay to go in the Colosseum. You can pay to go in the Forum, but you're, you're still going to see them as you walk by. So for me, that's like the perfect day, just walking and seeing all the sights. Oh, that sounds just magical. I just want to leap from my office and go spend a day like that today. 
So do I. Right now I'm on the coast of England, which I normally love. But I have to say, as I was thinking about this, uh, doing this episode this week, I've really had Italy on the brain. <laughs> and I've just been thinking, oh, I really want to go to Rome and have some pizza and just <laughs> hang out with my friend again. And you could go this weekend because you're you're in the UK. <laughs> I could hop over. You can. <laughs> you can. You should. <laughs> I'm Do actually going gonna... American stuck in the snow right now. <laughs> I have plans this weekend, but I do plan on going back to Italy pretty soon. So I think May will be my next trip. May is a very good time to go. Huh. Is that your favorite time to go? Or are there other months that are your favorite time for Rome? I really like May and June and I really like September and October. Mm-hmm. July and August is in inferno it's so so hot and in august that's when all the italians are on vacation and so a lot of things are closed so you might have been dreaming about going to a certain restaurant but if you go in august there's good chance it's not going to be open because they're all on holiday ah okay that's a very good tip yeah i would say august is probably the worst time you could go to rome perfect because august is my favorite time to be home so (laughs) okay I'll stay here. You can come to Bend, Oregon, uh, the month of August. All right. See you then. Yeah. So uh, while you mentioned restaurants, which equates to food, what are the dishes you have to experience in Rome? Well, my favorite food in the world, I think, is pizza. And pizza is different in different parts of Italy. So in Naples, which is famous for its pizza. The pizza is a little bit thicker, puffier. It's different than American style thick pizza. It just has like sort of like puffier crust, whereas in Rome, it's more of a thin crust. And I actually prefer the the Roman style. So I would say definitely get pizza in Rome. And I think I had mentioned to you before, Gail, that one thing that took me um, a while to get used to in Italy is the Italians, when they order a pizza, they, they don't order a pizza to share. Everybody gets their own individual pizza. And they're really big. Like, yes, they're thin, but they're big pizzas. And they don't usually do uh, take like doggy bags or anything like that. Oh. Like it started, it's becoming more acceptable, but in the past it wasn't. And so everyone just ate the whole pizza. And at first I was like, there's no way I can finish this. But now I totally do. A lot <laughs> and I will eat the whole thing. Now, what are toppings that would be on like a true Italian pizza? Uh, so the classic pizza is the margarita. Mm-hmm. And that's just a plain pizza. And then I always get mushroom. There's no such thing as pepperoni over there. Actually, the word... The Italian word pepperoni means peppers. So if you ordered a pizza with pepperoni, you'd get peppers on it. Uh, Definitely no pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get Hawaiian pizza there? (laughs) I don't think so, unless there was like a really touristy place. Um, So aside from pineapple and pepperoni, I think you'll find everything else probably. It's good to know. But another dish that you should try is called cacio e pepe, and that's just a very simple pasta dish. Uh, It could be spaghetti or like this other pasta that looks like spaghetti, and it's made with pecorino cheese and some black pepper. It's very simple, but it's really tasty. 
I have been making that dish for years, and I have been butchering the name for years. So, oh, how are you? How are you saying it? I say cacio y pepe, and it's cacho, 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 cacho y pepe. Yeah. Oh, yay! Fabulous. <laughs> I would have a block of pecorino in my fridge to make that next week. <laughs> it's a great dish. <laughs> Another reason for me to come to Oregon. I love cheese. <laughs> I love cooking when I have time. Uh, that is that is so great. It's such a simple dish. And at least the way I make it here is with using the pasta water from the cooking with the pasta. That's like... Uh, that is the key. That's the trick. Yes. Yeah, you have to do that. Salted. It's been salted. It's got the flavor from the pasta. And you mix it, mix it with the pecorino romano. And... Uh-huh. Uh, some lemon zest and lots of, of freshly ground black pepper. You need uh, to get to Italy. Oh, you are going to die. It's so <laughs> incredible. would love yeah. to go. <laughs> so you just, all of your talk of cheese is just making me think of like, you know, caprese salad is really big. I know mm-hmm. that's, you know, has become bigger in the States too. And burrata as well. Yes. So you'll have, you'll find that everywhere. I love burrata. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just. I love cheese. It's so funny. My friend and I, I call her wine and she calls me cheese. Uh, <laughs> what a great pair. <laughs> I just love, I love cheese, uh, which is super healthy. You know, it's got great calcium. It is, and it's just so good for your, your brain because you're happy. It's, uh, <laughs> so we've got the pizza, the cacio y pepe. Cacho. Uh, cacho. Cacho. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So in Italian, yeah, <laughs> in Italian, C I is ch, ch. So cacio. Oh, that's good. I should take some lessons. Like children, like yeah, you know. Okay. <gasps> Sorry, Italians, if you're listening and you're cringing. I am trying. I will. I will be better by the time I arrive. And so pizza, cacio e pepe, gelato, of course. Mm, what's your favorite gelato flavor? I would say pistachio and also hazelnuts. Ooh, pistachio sounds so good. Mm-hmm. And does the hazelnut, like, do they incorporate chocolate into it? Is it like a Nutella or is it more like a vanilla with hazelnut? You know, you'll find everything, I think. But Nutella is very big over there, as you probably know. Yeah. Like, we'll find a way to incorporate Nutella in just about <laughs> anything. <laughs> And, and where, where should you experience these foods? Like what are your favorite restaurants? If you've just arrived to Rome that you must go and what's the dish that you should order at each? You're putting me on the spot. (laughs) So for, for gelato, I would say definitely Grom. It's called Grom. So G-R-O-M. And it is a gelateria that was founded in Turin, but now you'll find them all over Italy. So there's a few in Rome and it's like very artisanal, very organic. They have uh, some seasonal flavors as well. So you're going to find the pistachio, you're going to find the hazelnut, but then they also have um, 
other unique flavors. And so definitely get gelato there. And uh, if you go to Piazza Navona, which is one of my favorite piazzas, there's one like right there. So you can go and get a gelato and then just stroll around. So yeah, that's one of my favorite places. And then for the pizza, um, there's a place called Ivo, I-V-O, and that's in Trastevere. So that neighborhood is become like really, really popular with tourists. And it's very charming and beautiful, but I think it's better during the day because uh, it just gets so mobbed with tourists at night, like lots and lots of university students. So I think there's better neighborhoods to hang out then besides just say what I at night. How, having said that, I'm not sure Evo is open during the day. I think it might be open only at dinner. So go to Evo for dinner and then you can go somewhere else. Do a different thing. Uh, yay. Forget. I love it because you're adding to my you are adding to my food bucket list and mm-hmm. I love having food bucket list because I love food. I love adventure too, but food is adventure in its own way. You've mentioned some of these big pizzas, the pasta. What about the dining etiquette? Is there a right way to eat the pizza? What should you not order? Um, I would just love some information on cultural etiquette so you just don't look like a fool when you show up in Rome. Oh, yeah. So I would say Italians have a lot of style. Uh, They're famous for their style. So they like to get dressed up when they go out to eat. So if you're going to dinner and people can identify tourists anyway, but if you don't want to really stick out, I would wear, you know, a little bit dressier clothes than just shorts and flip-flops and fanny pack. I mean, you can wear whatever you want, but if you want to fit in, I would dress up a little bit. Style it up. Style it up. And then they don't do tap water there, even though there are fountains all over Rome and the water is very good quality. They just don't believe in drinking tap water <laughs> at the oh. table at dinner. So if you ask, uh, if you say you want water, they'll say, do you want still or do you want sparkling? And they mean like, which, you know, which kind of water do you want to buy? Like they don't, if you ask for tap water, they would think it was really weird. Okay. All right. Uh, you'll probably get bread on your table. And this is sort of like a cover charge. And I think like the regional government said that you're not supposed to do this anymore, but I think most restaurants still do. So they'll put bread on your table and you'll probably on your bill get like an extra euro or three euro, like one to three euro per person charge. And just think of that kind of like as a service charge. And uh, they don't put butter or oil on the table. So you've just got this bread. So you, you can eat plain bread. You can just leave it on the table. If you have a pasta dish, you can use the bread to like soak it up later. Um, but so those are some common things. Now, what about when you're, when you're ordering food? Um, we've got a great Italian place over here and it comes in various courses. Uh, is that similar over there? Is it multi-courses for, for the Italian food? Yes. Good question. So yeah, it does come in courses. And so if you say you ordered a pasta dish and a meat dish and a salad, uh, you would get it in that order. So the pasta would come out first. And when you're done with that, you would get the meat. And then when you're done with that, then the salad would come out. So it's the salad at the end. Yeah. 
Ah, that's... <laughs> if you wanted to have it before, I'm sure they could accommodate. But yeah, generally it's toward the end. Okay, but we are there to live like a local. And if the locals mm-hmm. are eating their salad last, then I'm going to eat my salad last. And I also want to say, you know, don't feel pressure to order like something from every course in the past. I don't know if it was more common or or what, but there was there's definitely the perception for a long time uh, among tourists like, oh, they're going to be mad if I don't order like all of these different dishes. But I don't think that's the case anymore. You can order whatever you want. And I'm vegetarian. So, you know, I'm never going to order the the second dish. So it's totally fine if you just want to get some pasta. Okay. That's, that's but don't great. order a coffee or they'll have a heart attack. <gasps> <laughs> okay. What about coffee at the end? You can order an espresso at the end, but not during. Okay. All right. I mean, that's fair. I usually don't want coffee with my meal unless it's breakfast. Oh, can you order a coffee with breakfast there? Yes. Okay. And in fact, that's like technically the only time that it's acceptable to drink a cappuccino is before noon because it's considered a breakfast type of a drink. But I order it whenever I want and I just get away with it because I'm a foreigner so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> they don't come like chasing you down it's afternoon no but when I but, but when I order it sometimes I do say like I know I know I'm not supposed to order this now but <laughs> I just want it <laughs> now what about other espresso drinks what about like mochas or that sort of thing can you have that afternoon I have not seen a mocha anywhere. <gasps> My very- husband is going to have a heart attack. That's like his favorite. <laughs> well, there are some like hipster cafes who might try try to mix things up or try to accommodate tourists. But no, I haven't seen anything mocha related. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's good to know. And there's not like, there's not a takeaway coffee culture. Um People are either sitting at the cafe or I think most common is people standing at the bar and drinking their espresso quickly at the bar and then going off about their business. There's not any takeaway cups. You know, I wish that was the culture here. You know, we produce like so much trash from (laughs) takeaway coffee. And I wish that we just sat there and talked to a stranger next to us or a friend or yeah, I feel like it's it should be a moment and an experience. And I agree. I agree. I think that's my favorite thing. Uh, going back to, you know, you asked me what my favorite day in Rome was. And that was definitely part of it. Just sitting at a cafe, chatting to a friend, you know, staring out into space or watching the people go by in the street. I mean, there. I don't think there's anything more relaxing. So, yeah, I totally agree. Oh, I want to go so bad. I am ready to hop on a plane. Get it on the calendar. I, you know what? I will. I will. I'm one of those people. All I have to do is buy the plane ticket and then, then I'm going essentially. How, truly, how much money do you need for per month to, to live like a local in Rome or live there for an extended stay and really like embrace Rome. I think you could do it for a thousand, a thousand to 1500. Uh, so I spent a month there last year in May and I rented an apartment for 500 euro 
And so that wasn't by myself. I had two flatmates, but we were right in the heart of Rome next to Piazza Navona. And so, you know, you're not spending any money on transportation. They do have a metro there and they have buses, but I always walk everywhere in Rome. It's a big-ish city, but I think uh, I think if you're in like good shape, you can walk everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so for rent, you can factor in 500. That's probably your minimum. Uh, uh-huh. So I found my flat in a Facebook expat group for Italy. Um, okay. If you wanted to do Airbnb, which would probably be the easiest option, that would cost more money because you have to add on the Airbnb fees. Right. And you'd also have to plan ahead more because, you know, Rome is a very popular place. <laughs> if you wanted to rent mm-hmm. a place for an entire month, you've really got to, to plan ahead for that. And then I've also rented rooms through a website called Easy Stanza. And that was, I think, just bought by a new company. What did I say that was called? Roomgo? Roomgo. Roomgo. Uh, and I had good luck with Easy Stanza. So that's more people looking for flatmates, but um, kind of on the longer term, but they definitely have options for the shorter term. Okay. And so I think renting an apartment that way is a good option and it keeps your expenses down. And then you will have more money to go out to eat. And so for going out for a meal, it's definitely cheaper in Rome than would be in London or New York, a lot cheaper. Wine is a lot cheaper. And then just like the meals themselves are more reasonably priced. Okay, so I'm one of these weird like price people. Like I memorize different prices. Like I want to know what to expect. What's the average cost for a glass of wine? And then what's the average cost for uh, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I guess that depends on what your concept of a meal is. So in Italy, they don't have a big breakfast. It's normally an espresso or a cappuccino and then maybe a brioche of some kind. Okay. So, you know, I don't know, your coffee could be... I'm sort of making this up because I am not good at (laughs) money stuff like that. But it's reasonable. Like a pastry would be, I don't know, two euro and a coffee a euro or two. Okay. All right. You know, that's your cheapest experience, I guess. And then pizza, they don't really have much takeaway there. Pizza would probably be like the biggest like the one of the few options they have for takeaway. But if you take food away, it is cheaper than it would be if you're sitting down to eat and uh so you could get a pizza for like maybe six or seven euro i want to say it all depends on what topping you have um so that's a pizzeria it would be more expensive if you went to dinner at like a fancy place and then a glass of wine maybe four or five euro oh wow that's great yeah, I can I can handle four or five euro for a glass of wine. One thing that I do know for prices is aperitivo. And so aperitivo is, in case you don't know, I think one of my favorite uh, things to do in Italy. So you go and you buy a drink at a place and then included in your drink price, you've got like this food spread. And some of the places, it's just, you know, like some chips and, you know, 
a few finger foods and then some had like full on like different pastas and rice dishes and all stuff all sorts of things like that and there's one that place the last time I was there I think it was six euro for a drink and they've got like tons of food it's mm-hmm. called um freni e frizioni and that's also in the Trastevere neighborhood and I think they open at six or seven so the idea is you would go to aperitivo first to hang out with your friends and then go to dinner after that so what time is dinner normally happening in Rome Eight or nine. That is that is late. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's too late for me. So if I go to Peritiba with my friends, I, and I, I mean like Italian friends, yeah. for me, Peritiba is great. I'm like, that's it. Let's call it a night. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, we have to go to dinner. I'm like, dinner? We just had this food. We just had these drinks. For me, I'm like totally happy in the thought of like going and sitting for another like big meal I'm like oh right. it's so late I'm <laughs> you know but when in Rome right okay when in Rome so we travel with our four-year-old and so we would just have to like keep her awake late and I think she would get used to it I mean I see kids all the time out and about yeah yeah and then what time are people doing breakfast? If they're having this late dinner, what time is like your average breakfast time? Uh, the same, I guess, is what Americans are used to, I think, because they have to go to work as well. So, right. yeah, um, so I guess they don't get as much sleep. Spain is the country that I really don't understand how they function. <laughs> they <laughs> even later. And I don't know. The Spanish people I know never sleep. I just am like, how do you guys do it? <laughs> well, we've got to go study them. So we've got to go to Spain next and <laughs> figure out how they do it. I uh, stayed with a friend for two weeks, a Spanish friend. We stayed with her parents. And we weren't eating until like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. What? It, for me, it was painful. It was so wow. Painful. Whoa. <laughs> I would be starving. I would be like, I just start getting like hangry at five thirty. <laughs> like it's time for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, they give kids like a snack called uh, merenda um, around five. But yeah, I don't know. Adults probably snack too. I mean, that's why they have aper- the aperitivo. Right. But for me, I'm like. True. Instead of snacking, let's just have our meal. But anyway, I mean, not complaining. They can do as is. I do try to, I do try to like go with the flow when we're like living the Italian, living like a local in Italy. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes it can be hard. So, what are your favorite uh, neighborhoods in Rome? If you were to live like a local in Rome and stay and try to look for, what are the best little neighborhoods that you should stay in? So I've stayed in a few. Um, and I have stayed in Tristevere before. I mentioned Monty, which mm-hmm. is a really cool neighborhood. I personally like to try to practice my Italian, and so I really love Monty. I personally probably wouldn't stay there uh, again because it is becoming more English speaking. I guess it's becoming oh. more pop- it's becoming more popular with tourists, but it's not like a horribly touristy. I think it's a beautiful neighborhood. I love the restaurants there and I love the shops there. The only reason 
I personally wouldn't want to stay there is because I want to go to a more like Italian uh, neighborhood so I can practice it. But I think for people who haven't been to Italy, Monte would be a fantastic neighborhood to stay in. Okay. And uh, the neighborhood that I really like right now is called Testaccio. And that's uh, kind of like an already scene, you know, lots of street art everywhere. They've got a cool food market. Um, and and yeah, people don't speak English to me right away. So that's why I like it because uh, I like to try to keep up, keep up my language skills. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's but having really said funny. that, if you're a tourist, you can definitely go to Testaccio. You're not going to be like lost or anything. Okay. Okay. And what about travel etiquette? Uh, we talked a little bit about food etiquette. What about, um, you know, is, is there a tipping culture or, or other etiquette that you should know when you're trying to live like a local in Rome? There's not a huge tipping culture. Uh, if you were at a restaurant, maybe people would leave like a euro each or something like that. But a lot of Italians don't leave anything. And they actually can't stand it when uh, Americans leave huge tips because it's not their culture. And then it sets up the expectation that the local people like are supposed to leave these massive tips and they don't have like that kind of money to throw around. And so I would just don't go too crazy with the tips. Um, and you had mentioned travel when you brought up etiquette. And I just want to say this really quick. Uh, travel thing it has nothing to do with etiquette, but I think yeah. it could help <laughs> to your listeners. Yeah. So when you um, fly in, especially if you're flying in internationally, you'll probably arrive in the Fiumicino airport and they've got a, an express train that goes from the airport right into Rome. Uh-huh. Uh, and so buy your train ticket there at the airport. You have to make sure you stamp it. I think they're changing the turnstiles. So, um, you're sort of like forced to stamp it. But if you get caught with a ticket and you don't stamp it before you get on the train, you can get a big fine. Oh. So you'll see like these yellow boxes in like the platform areas. So make sure you stamp your ticket before you get on the train. Okay. Um, so that's pretty important. And then when you, once you get to your destination, you'll be at the Termini train station. And there you can find taxis. You can find buses. Uh, I usually take the bus. Uh, if you have a phone um, that works internationally, you can just look on your phone, like which bus to get wherever you need to go to. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, this is probably implied because I feel like Rome is, is pretty uh, well advanced. Uh, what if like you're in a wheelchair or, um, or you maybe you've limped in mobility. Can you easily get around? Are they accommodating? That is an excellent question. Um, you know, I think that the buses can accommodate wheelchairs. I'm really not sure. I'm sorry. I don't know the okay. answer to that. I'll do one. a little bit more research and I'll include it in the show notes. And uh, sorry, I did not send you that question in advance, but it is something that I'd like to, I like to ask because. No, I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I guess it's not something that I've had to deal with Um but I would hope that there would be a way for people to get around. And, you know, there are taxis. So if you're there as, you know, a tourist, then yeah, hopefully yep. you can get away that way. Get around that what way. about like Uber and Lyft? 
do they have a like a ride sharing or, or like a ride app type of system? as far as i know lyft does not exist outside of america yet oh okay good to know um, they have uber but the last time i was in there it you know i think i tried to use it and there was not somebody within like a 20 minute distance oh, okay <laughs> all right I think slowly, maybe it's starting to like become a thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that people can get ripped off with taxes. So if you are staying in a hotel, then I guess try to get them to, uh, to arrange something for you. Yeah. Now, is it safe for women to travel by themselves? I feel very safe there. Yes. Okay. I think Rome is very safe for solo women. I mean, I've lived there on and off for many months. And uh, so, yeah, I would just say be careful with your purse. Make sure that you have a purse that zips up and be careful when you're on a bus or a train because uh, pickpocketing is is an issue. But other than that, you should be fine. And then do you have any Final tips for listeners who are traveling to Rome, they want to live like a local, um, any hot tips? If you are staying there long-term and you want to make some friends with people, and when I say long-term, I guess I just mean like a month or two, Yeah, uh, try to do conversation exchanges with people. I find that a great way to meet people. Website called Conversation exchange.com and I've met some really cool friends that way and then there's different expat groups so I would try to look one of look one up on on Facebook and it's just fun to meet other expats and travelers but conversation and exchange would be a way for you to meet actual local people and then if you're there for a shorter period of time I would just be mindful that a lot of the um shops will be closed on Sunday and a lot of the museums will be closed on Monday. So maybe you want to do your um, museum going on Sunday and your shopping on Monday. Okay. And I know this is like the final question, but I'm going to go back to when, what are your favorite museums that you have to check out and experience? The Galleria Borghese is my favorite museum by far. It is in a really spectacular park and they have a really beautiful collection of some of Italy's best art. And one of the things that I like the most is that they've got an audio guide that is really great at storytelling and just super engaging. I often get an audio guide at a museum and a majority of the time I regret it because I'm like, oh, this is not really telling me anything or it's so dry and academic mm -hmm. and they're not even speaking about the art. They're talking about some sort of like obscure artistic like detail of right. the, paint, the paint or something like that. I'm like, no, I want the story. I want the history. Yeah. And so the audio guide there is fantastic and you have to book it in advance. Uh, okay. So if you go there, make sure you book in advance and I think the tickets are valid for a certain time period, you'll get a two hour window. And so if you go and then you do the audio guide, it's just like, I think the perfect amount of time because you can go for two hours, enjoy some great culture and then stroll around in the park and then go get your wine or your gelato or whatever you want afterward. Oh, it sounds great. That absolutely sounds great. So uh, hopefully we've shared some, well, Sarah has shared some great tips on living like a local in Rome. I am learning with the rest of you listeners out there. Um, 
But how about we just form a group trip? We all go to Rome. We sit. We watch the world go by. We drink our wine. We, perfect day. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm going to go have a perfect day, day in Rome. <laughs> that sounds fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Stress-free. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Yeah. So I am going to include all this information and more on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Uh, click on episodes. Uh, very long show notes will be available to you. Uh, so you don't have to memorize everything that was said here. Or you can just go there, get the information. And definitely check out Sarah's uh, podcast and, and travel blog at the Postcard Academy. And links will be there for her site. Um, anything else you'd like to share today, Sarah? Well, travel and podcasts are my passion. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> mentioning my travel podcast, Postcard Academy. And I'm actually launching a new podcast this week called... What? Yeah, called <laughs> Podcasting Step by Step. I have enjoyed podcasting so much that I want to teach other people how to do it. So that will be available by the time that this show airs. Fabulous. Okay. I will link to that too, because you might be so inspired to start a podcast after listening to this podcast and Sarah can teach you how. Sarah, you are a wealth of knowledge and just truly thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have. Please follow us on Instagram, Experiences Podcast. Uh, go to experiencesyoushouldhave.com to see the show notes, read more, get links to all of the great stuff in this episode. And also, if you have an experience that you would like to share, hit us up on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Also, check out the Postcard Academy podcast. You can also find their website at postcardacademy.co uh, forward slash podcast. And listen to the Italy versus America 12 Cultural Differences show. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and she touched on a few of those in the show today. But if you want to know more, there are more hidden gems in that show. Thank you for listening and start planning your travel adventure today.